You're listening to The Ripple Affect with your hosts, Cheech and Nippy, a podcast that explores how individual change has the capacity to affect the whole. From neuroscience to donuts, we're two sisters with a deep curiosity for ancient wisdom and modern knowledge, and we're obsessed with learning alongside you because we don't know. <laughs> Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of the Ripple Affect podcast. This is a holiday bonus episode. With the holidays fast approaching, we acknowledge that family time, while it can be meaningful, has its challenges. <laughs> this holiday bonus episode is equally for you listening and ourselves, a gift for all of us to build resilience so we can set some intentions and have greater awareness going into the holidays. In this bonus, we share strategies, approaches, and mindsets to try on for the upcoming holiday season. You'll notice this episode doesn't follow any of our normal episode formats. Instead, we decided to ask each other questions, interview style, about all of our holiday experiences. And we got some good info from each other and some good things that we can go into the new year with. We trust it will be helpful for all of you. Happy holidays! Holiday bonus. I'm stoked to be talking to you. This is going to be fun. Okay, this is Kiata's voice, just in case you still need it. Cheech here. This is Issa Nibby here, my voice. Okay, so we are doing something new for this bonus episode, and we have written questions to ask one another, but we don't know what they are yet. So you're going to get real off-the-cuff conversation here. <laughs> who wants to start you start no i start you start oh rock paper scissors no what why not look i'm ready i don't want to do that why not because because you're afraid you'll lose okay whatever okay ready rock paper scissors shoot mm -hmm. rock paper scissors shoot we both got scissors rock paper scissors shoot i got rock her covered my you win i win you go first what no you go first oh that, i go first okay. yeah <laughs> Okay, got it. I'm nervous to hear this first question. Okay. <laughs> they're holiday related, right? Because this is the topic. Yes, okay. they're holiday related, but I, I'm actually really looking forward to how different these questions might be. <laughs> like we might be on two completely different like pages with this, yeah. but whatever. Okay, so my first question has to do with um, you, Kiata, being an empath. Oh, God. And... <laughs> As an empath, I'm curious how you prepare yourself for an event like the holidays. Okay. As an empath, which is such a weird like identification title, but it's true. I've learned over the years that I have to build an alone time. Like I have to have my own room, my own space when I go places. It's not useful for me to like share a room with someone. I need to have my own space because I need to be able to close the door and like make sure that I can like decompress essentially and it can't be just like a bathroom. <laughs> it needs to be like a bathroom. When are you sleeping in a bathroom? No, not sleeping. I just mean like going somewhere oh, and like being able to like have a moment, mm -hmm. but it's helpful if it's like, you know, a not literally not shared space because everybody uses a bathroom. Right. So it's like a place where I can go and it helps if it's an enclosed space, not like um, being able to go outside is great for a walk, but like something about it being like a place where I can sit and no one can disturb me technically. That's nice. I guess this is like when I'm there, but I, I try not to drink alcohol or like inebriate myself in any way because it's not even so much the moment of that's fine. It's actually like the dull, the 
the recovery of it, <laughs> like being a little bit more tired or more just out of it, hungover or whatever, that does not help me take care of myself in the ways energetically that I, that I need to. And emotionally, truly, because like emotionally, that's, I think the biggest piece of being around any large group, whether it's, I go home for family or I stay in and with friends or holiday parties for some reason with the holidays, there's a lot of added energy. I think it's just the end of the year holidays specifically, right? Like Thanksgiving, it's coming to the end of the year. Christmas is coming to the end of the year. Hanukkah, like they're coming to the end of the year. And it feels like there's just like this pressurization that happens for people. And as an empath, when I'm around a lot of that, people might not know it, but there's like a, it's kind of like a low level sound that's going off. Hmm. And and it's like, I can like pick up on all of that. And if I don't sort through it for myself, like, oh, that's theirs, that's not mine. But obviously I'm a person, so I have it too. That end of the year pressurization, I can have it. So it's like being able to just have that time apart from everyone gives me a little bit more um, ability to just to tune into just me and not all the dynamics. Because that's the other part of an empath is like, I think I feel the um, dual dynamics, the dynamics between me and somebody else, but then the dynamics of the entire party or the dynamics of like other people interacting. Mm -hmm. And I, part of that, honestly, I don't even think is empath. I think that's being part of like being a traumatized child and having to like be a hyper vigilant about everything. So like the more I work on myself around hyper vigilance, the actually easier it is to be around groups, but it's, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. <laughs> what else do I do? Um, I've learned to build in time after. So I usually drive, say for instance, I'll drive home for the holidays on choice so that I can have that like long drive to decompress, to go in, like using the drive going in to like help myself set up mental boundaries and emotional processing. And then on the drive out, like a long drive out to be able to like also decompress from everything I just went through and just be with myself. So that's what I've had the privilege of being able to do. Mm -hmm. Not everybody does. People have to travel with their families or with their kids and stuff, but you're asking me, so I'm saying it. Yeah, that's helpful. That's super helpful. So, okay, just to recap there, I heard to be able to take care of yourself as through the holidays, there are a few things that are you've found are your kind of non-negotiables or the things that are very helpful. And one of them being a space for yourself to be able to remove yourself if you need to, that is not a shared space. And I will say going to that space and, and utilizing it. I have to utilize it. So I have to take breaks. Like you'll see me just disappear sometimes from a family function, you know, whatever we're doing. Hopefully it's not an inappropriate time, but normally I just like take that time and just go lay down, literally lay down, get under the covers and lay down. Mm -hmm. Cause that like reminds me somehow to like check in with myself, like laying flat and being in the covers and like, are you okay? <laughs> and I'm actually, it sounds like I'm like going into a war zone, but it's not, it's just, it's just kind of the intensity of, of being around a lot of energy. So like I need to be able to, I haven't quite yet learned myself how to function fully while I'm interacting and releasing all of it, like all that energy, it kind of builds up. So I have to like go somewhere and do something that might, I hope that's not always the case for me. Mm. like truly but yeah utilizing that space so going going into the room closing the door sitting um when I wake up like not just getting up and leaving the room but like utilizing some of that time in the room by myself before anybody 
before Wait. I interact with anyone in the morning. Oh, and you wake up the morning. Up. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant like you disappear from a party. <laughs> you go immediately into sleep and then you wake up and come back out. No. I was like, wait, be... you're sleeping in there? <laughs> no. Definitely not. <laughs> How long are you gone? For? No, no. Like little meditations. I don't yeah. Yeah. Just like I go in there. But in the morning balance, when you wake up in, the in morning, your space. Not just getting up and leaving that room. Mm-hmm. But kind of being like, whoa, occupying. Mm-hmm. Like setting my own like self awareness of my myself before mm-hmm. I go interact with people. And then the last thing I realize is like while I'm interacting, I need I will I will be way more adamant about reminding myself like not to take people's shit on. <laughs> like I have to be really adamant about um that's them, not you. Yeah, that's them, not me. Like yeah, mm-hmm. it's like I have to watch, you know, whoever's preparing the meal, you know, going through their whole whatever and be like, "Okay, that's that's that person's stress or that's that person's process." Not mine you know, let, and let them have it, mm-hmm. you know, just like back off, like back the fuck up from mm-hmm. everybody else's stuff. And especially if like dynamics happen from pa- other parents to other kids, like watching that and like really being mindful of like, that is not my, it's not me. It's not my family. It's not my, you know, it's my mm-hmm. family, but it's not my inner direct relationship. So I just kind of like separate a lot. Yeah. No one asked you. I love that saying, um, mind your own business and have business to mind. Oh, that's a good one. So it's like, okay, mind your own business, but then have business to mind. Like, what is my deal? What am I doing? What is, what can I be doing in this situation? What, what, what do I want to be doing in this situation? That is, that actually, I didn't think about it because it wasn't a conscious coping or tool, but I definitely, if you see me at parties, I will have something to do. Like I used to play video games in college. Like we would have parties, but I would just sit and like play video games because it was like something to do. Uh-huh. Um, but now as an adult, I'll like uh, clean or I'll be eating. Like eating is a grounding thing that I will do. So I, you will normally catch me by like if they have food, like a food table, which isn't the healthiest coping, but like it does like help me because it's like something to do. Or if there's an activity, if there's a game being played, like I will engage in those things because it is, it's very helpful to be active, focused in on something. And so thereby not, not to not focus on myself, but actually to like stay more present and engaged with myself and not like caught up in just the thoughts and energy that are all around. That's a great idea. Like bringing your own activity. I never thought of that. Like, for example, if you bought a new board game and we have like younger people in our family where you could just bring that to the table or bring that to the event and be like, hey, you guys want to play this? Or bringing a puzzle or a al- album to look through of, that you made that year or people knit right? art or, you know, something like bringing something to the table to contribute to the event. That's a good idea. I like that idea. Sometimes I'll put myself just silently in charge of taking pictures and video. Like, and so you'll see me like taking a lot of pictures and video because it's an activity that I can enjoy. And then it kind of keeps me active. Yeah. I've, that's a focus. I've brought my camera places before for that reason. Yeah. 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 It's a good call. So those are some, I like it. Do you feel complete? Yeah. That question? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have mine for you. Okay. Okay. It's funny though, because it's the same. What do you do to prepare for the holidays (laughs) and what boundaries do you set up for yourself? If any. Ooh. Okay. So. I think I made a point at least in the past four or five years to take time for myself before I leave my house. I'll go and read some like recovery literature or I'll call my sponsor or I'll um, 
sponsor for for Al-Anon, my Al-Anon sponsor, or I'll just take some time to like just sit by myself and breathe to kind of recalibrate because a lot of times I've been cooking to bring something to the event or baking to bring something to the event or getting ready for the event or getting things together, wrapping things or, you know, there's like action, a lot of action involved. And I even talking about it can feel like that raising of energy in my system that is like feels a little bit of like low level anxiety raising up, you know, so just knowing I'm going into an unknown situation. So I'll make sure to just have some time for myself and make sure I kind of recalibrate back to something stable for myself. And then boundaries that I set, usually I try and kind of have a game plan and I remind myself I can always go for a walk. I remind myself that I'm not the group and I'm not in charge of calibrating the vibe of the group. I can always go for a walk. That is something that I do. I enjoy naturally, like going for walks. I enjoy it. And it's something that my family now knows that that's something I enjoy. And so if things do get uncomfortable for me, I know that I can do that activity and it won't be judged as anything other than, oh, that's what Issa does because she enjoys doing that. But really, it's a self-care technique because nature soothes me because I get space away. Confinement can feel heavy for me. Like, I use that, you know, it's, I feel better sometimes being outside with family members as opposed to inside. Hmm. So that's something that I do. And and as far as boundaries, I don't know, I'm still learning about healthy boundaries and I'm still learning ways to allow people to just be and not have to try and adjust or change or let that affect me so deeply. So I'm still exploring that for sure. Hmm. Great. Good one. You feel complete? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay, next question. Drum roll, please. <laughs> My next question is, how do you make traveling to the holiday more enjoyable? Traveling to? Well, I know you. a lot of people travel for the holidays. Oh, right, You know, yes. like they either fly home, they drive home, they take a train ride. Like a lot of people travel for the holidays. It's a pretty normal thing yeah. in our country. So um, what are some ways that you make that travel more enjoyable for yourself? Because I know you're a good traveler and you really do enjoy oh, the drives and whatnot. What do. What do you do to make it more enjoyable? Because it can be stressful for a lot of people. Oh, man, I've never thought about that. Because, yeah, it's, um, it's probably something I look, I look forward the most to. Built in to what the last answer was, was I have consciously used it as a tool to like care for myself. So the travel is like necessary. I see it as like a necessary coping situation. So I think that it it frames travel for me going to and coming back from holidays as like part of the necessary care that I like require. So it's very much like built into like, oh, this is a good thing in my mind. I think that travel for me always indicates that something new has started. And so sometimes, especially like if I'm working really hard for myself inside my own home, because I work for myself inside my own home, um, I, it can just like build up. It's like, oh, I got to do all this stuff. I got to do all this stuff. And then as soon as I like pack my car and get on the road, I'm like, this is something different. This is not what it was. It's an adventure, literally. Like it's like road tripping. 
um, whether it's in the air or not, but it's like, oh, I'm doing something different. I use that time well because I get in stuck in ruts when I'm just in my home, like with my own patterns. So I use the new environment to like jumpstart like different kind of work. It's like this intention to like use the holiday as something that's for me, like different time. So if I'm in an airport, I'll bring a podcast or a book that I want that I haven't started. Like, oh, this is the time to start it. Or a journal, right? Like, oh, I don't usually get to journal. I have a little journal. So I'm going to do this, you know, do that now. And it takes a discipline to not go into work, but do the journal. But it's kind of like a setup for myself. If I'm in a car, I will notoriously get like an audiobook that I've been wanting to start. And it's a long drive for me. So I'm like, oh, I get to do this audiobook. Those things just kind of feel like, I guess, new and different is how I frame it. I like that. Yeah. I like how you said you you start something. You don't just like go back into a book that you've been reading, but you start something new and, and mark it as something. Yeah. I, I like that approach. I've definitely used um, trips to prep. I, I will say like this, like if I'm avoiding work work, like I have to, I remember one time I had a show I was prepping for and I hadn't written the intro and I used the drive to write the intro, you know, or like uh, sides that I was meant to prep for an acting thing that was coming up and I like hadn't been getting into it. And then I'll use the drive to like, I'll have the sides on my, you know, traveler seat, my shotgun seat. And I'll like look at them and like, okay, I hear music and podcast for a little bit, but now I need to turn that off and get into the sides. So it's flexible work. It's things that I can do, but it, yeah, it's creative probably, which is nice. So yeah, using it as a jump start is one way that I've traveled well. I think I like that. I like that a lot. Do you bring snacks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've learned over the time. Actually, my husband is the one who got me into this. He one time was like, what are your favorite snacks? I just want to have them all the time around you. <laughs> and I'm like, that's nice because it's like he wanted to avoid me getting hangry <laughs> and becoming this other person. <laughs> so then I took the cue and I was like, I should probably do that for myself. So actually, I, I travel like I always have trail mix, chocolate, water. I have an absorbent amount of water anytime I travel um, or a bottle to like fill somehow and um, some fruit, some kind of fruit that I will always bring. I think snacks make travel better for me for sure. Yeah. yeah. You're a good traveler too. Can I just ask you that question? Yeah. I usually don't have as far to travel for the holidays. So like I said, I, I usually do my like prep stuff before I leave the house and then the drive is just a normal drive. But going further, like doing travel, I, I definitely made a point to like set my intention to let it be fun instead of brutal. So prepping like a guilty pleasure podcast or um, a magazine that I don't normally like buy for myself and like thinking the thoughts of, Oh, like maybe I'll meet an interesting person or like a really nice, nice person. Or maybe I even said this the other night, maybe I'll see somebody I know. Because that's happened to me and it's really fun. Like I've, I ran into like someone I knew in high school in Italy once. And then like I ran into some like Soham locals in Mexico once. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, you're here. Like, that's crazy. And that's like a fun thing. So I was kind of prepping myself. Like, what if I saw somebody I knew in the, in the airport? Like, that'd be fun. So just kind of like prepping myself to make it be a fun experience. That's a good, that's a good primer. Yeah. For your brain. I realize, um maybe not everybody feels this way, but I really enjoy the the novelty of travel in that, like, even if I've been to an airport before or been on a drive before, like the same drive, the weather's different. The sun is different. The 
like there's construction somewhere maybe different like the airport's like oh what's this airport gonna be like like I'm I will take pictures in airports because I just think it's interesting and then the people getting to be around people again from COVID and getting to people watch and just I often will watch people go by in airports and be like well what's their story what's what's their life what are they where are they coming from where are they going or watching people line up to like a, a country or a city I've never been to and be like, whoa, I wonder if they live there or they're coming from there or like Saunder. watching people's dynamics. What's that? Saunder. What's that? Uh, when that happens. It's, uh, I don't know the exact, exact definition, but it's like when you have a moment where you, it all hits you at once that every single person has their entire own lives. Yeah. I love that. And their own interconnectedness and their own stories. And that. they're just like, whoa, all these people have what I have. Like, yeah. Their own. I don't know why. Also, I know this isn't the case for everybody, but for some reason, airports put me at ease. That's really probably not the case for people. I realize that I've never had to travel for business. I've always had to, got to travel for pleasure. Mm. So I don't have a need to get anywhere at a certain time. And I do notice the difference between people who are clearly traveling because they need to get somewhere on time and the level of anxiety kind of or the stress that I see on others versus me where I'm like if it if the flight's delayed I don't care like it does not bother me or I cannot do anything about it it's a place in my life where I'm very uncharacteristically surrender to like can't do anything about it like a grocery store line being long I'm like what are you gonna do you know those kind of things but it just feels that way in the airports and I don't I maybe it's because I've traveled since I was five like I have traveled since I was tiny and it just feels like really like I want I want to be doing this. So I don't know how I'd have zero advice for someone who just doesn't feel that way. Like I wish I did. I don't know. Everybody's different. Everybody's so different. Yeah. It's really <laughs> true. Is it my turn? No, I'm going to ask you. Oh, okay. Cause I kind of dug you, you in a travel one. Yeah, that's right. Okay. But, um, you're traveling back East. Mm-hmm. You are on a different kind of trip. One that I think many people may have be able to relate to. You are meeting your partner's parents for the first time. This parent, this so, parent, mm-hmm. you met one parent and now you're meeting the other parent mm-hmm. for the first time and you're traveling to their space. Yes. To meet. I had all kinds of feelings when this happened for me. So I'm very curious about though, what, um, what do you have in terms of expectations and what are you feeling about that going into that scenario? Cause I think that might be for certain people, holidays do mean the first time that they are, you know, meeting the other person's families or even friends like going to maybe going to other people's homes or that kind of event that kind of thing where it brings people together for the holidays like isn't always your family it's another's family and that can be interesting so I wanted to hear what your thoughts are yeah I hadn't put too much thought in it I (laughs) let me dump it on you (laughs) yeah I I feel at ease because I got to read a text from his dad to him that said well, if she loves you, then I already love her. Oh, <laughs> and so that made me feel very much at ease knowing that there was that level of connection between them and that they included me in that just immediately made me feel just at ease and excited to, to meet them and get to see them together and get to see the home that I've heard a lot about. I'm just looking forward to that part of it. Yeah, because you've met other people parents previous partners too so maybe just like pulling that whole experience because if you have anything that like how you deal with that situation in general 
You know, I think I've always looked at how much I care about my partner and how grateful I am that they exist. And then I know that I'm going to meet the people responsible for that. And that always helps like frame the way I approach them being one of gratitude Mm. for that individual. And we all (laughs) we're humans, we're all humans. And so I, I acknowledge this because one person is somebody's parent, you know, doesn't mean they don't have all the hangups of being human, you know, and so I try not to place them on a different level than myself, just being a human. (laughs) And, and I have felt uncomfortable and out of place before. And I think reminding myself and really like take, take that time and space to, to talk to myself, to self dialogue and be like, well, this is the situation you're in. You're not less than you're not, you know, just because it doesn't feel comfortable doesn't mean it's wrong and really kind of have some self-dialoguing with myself to be able to get to a place of comfort in my own skin because I haven't always felt comfortable in my own skin. I have had insecurities and been in situations that exacerbated those insecurities. And so having to really work, do do the work during the situations is is challenging but taking the time to do them has been helpful to me oh that's so good yeah that's I love that I love that that's great and let's break to feed your dog okay sounds good (laughs) welcome back moosh is fed and Nugget is chewing on a bone, my dog. So if you hear her in the background, that is what it is. But it's better than Nugget barking. Always. You're welcome. Whose turn is it? My turn. Okay. Your turn to ask me? Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. Okay. Kiara. <laughs> I wish everyone could see the look you have on your face right now. It's so intense. Four. What was it? In some, one million? Some dog million. You million. couldn't remember one million dollars? <laughs> That's the whole movie. Well, like I thought it was, but then I was like, really? Was it a million? <laughs> I know. It doesn't seem like very much money now. It was yeah. a long time ago that movie came out. That show was intriguing when it first came out, right? It wasn't a show. It was a movie. Oh, it was a show. Oh, you mean the, like, who, but it wasn't called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Oh, yeah. it was. <laughs> you Shit. just pulled that <laughs> My bad. <laughs> who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Okay. Okay. My question to you is, what is one thing you want to bring with you into this holiday season? Honestly? Kindness to animals and freedom. (laughs) That's a joke only our family will get. (laughs) That's good. Um, Honestly, uh, not, this is going to sound weird, but not caring. I really just want to bring in to this holiday season, not making it a big deal. Not because it doesn't deserve anything, but just kind of enjoying the time I have with the people I have and not making it like any, any bigger thing than just whatever it is it is. I think that's kind of reflective in my plans. I don't have any plans. I don't really, I'm not like, it doesn't feel pressure to like, oh, I need to go see family or, oh, I need to do this or I need to make sure it's something. I'm I'm just kind of like, it's the holidays, but it's kind of like, well, it's just a season and I'm more looking forward to like the season like changing 
than any particular event in that season. I think that's right for me. Yeah, that feels good for you. I like that. Thanks for asking. Mm -hmm. My question to you, Isa. Mm -hmm. What does family time bring to you? Like, how does it give to you? And what, if anything, does it take away? I think family time allows me to... Helps me to shed the idea of being all the way put together because I know my family accepts me regardless of if I have things figured out or not. And so it helps me when I'm around them. I just, I feel accepted in my process and it helps me remember that like that, it, that it's okay to not have it all figured out and that I still am doing stuff that is influential to the younger people in, in my life, in my family, you know, that it's, I'm not doing nothing, you know, <laughs> it also allows me to just be silly and be myself. And it brings me joy in that there's a bond that I have with my family members. that's really unique and it feels good to be able to be around people that really have known me for so long. In one way, I think that can be challenging because they think, oh, she's just that certain way. And then they expect you to show up as that old version of you. But I'll say I feel like I have a lot of freedom in my family to reinvent myself and um, hold my own of what's new for me or what I'm wanting for myself. Did you always feel that way about family time? No. Mm-mm. No, I don't think so. Definitely not. But I think with like my own personal maturity that has come, like I think that my relationship and what I get out of my family is framed by what I've chosen to focus on and get out of my family. Like I, I haven't, I, I don't leave it up to, to chance of what I get from those experiences. I think I've trained myself to frame my relationship with my family in a way that I can take what I need and leave the rest. I have absolutely observed that in you as a, as a change, as a shift from it's an observable shift of something that you have, I don't want to say gained, but definitely optically I can see that being different from previous times being home with you and seeing that yeah it's actually a nice model to watch like like watching sitting next to you being like oh oh you can just do it like that you can just just do that <laughs> you know uh, it's a, it's it's wonderful it's a good reminder and what does it take away if anything what does family time take away I think it takes away some of my autonomy a little bit I think in, in certain ways I feel when I feel a part of my family, I kind of lose my individuality a little bit in that I feel that old pull to be a part of the unit and fall in line. And that's not always a healthy line to fall into. And so sometimes it feels really good to be a part of the whole mix. And I want that so badly to feel accepted and a part of something that I'll um, drop into it. And I'll kind of lose my individuality and what's really important for my own well-being and health and mental health. 
So s- sometimes that that's that's a, a line that I I tow and something that being a part of the family unit can can sometimes take away from me. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. For sharing. My question? Yeah, your turn. Okay. What do you want for the holidays? You know, this echoes the previous answer, but I, I kind of want them to... There's so much crazy shit happening in the world that for my own personal life right now, I think I just want it to feel like nothing, like just an ease into whatever the normalcy means, but just like no big deal, just like any other day. And I don't mean that like I'm going to celebrate. It's going to be wonderful, but I just with nothing that needs to feel too ramped up or too emphasized or make it make too big a deal about these, these days because they're not, I think they are what we make them. And so it's what, what are we really celebrating here? You know, and for me, Thanksgiving has, is, is my favorite holiday, not because of where it comes from its origin. Cause let's be honest, it's fucked <laughs> plain and simple. Glad they're trying to call it something else right now, but it's always going to be this, you know, whether you call it Indigenous Day or Thanksgiving, it's kind of the origins fucked. But for me personally, the way that I celebrate that is it's nice because it's it's a gratitude day. It's a time to come around and I love food. I love company. I love gathering. There's not presents exchanged for Thanksgiving, right? It's just this kind of like, let's all get together and have a good time and share a meal and be grateful. And for me, like that's an attitude and a, like a celebration time that is very core to who I am. So I want that to like resonate all the time. Mm-hmm. And that feels like a good thing to celebrate um, and to make time and space for. I get excited for Thanksgiving because that's kind of like a, a favorite. But I just mean like toward the end of the year and and any kind of celebrations toward the end of the year, I just feel like they can get again pressurized or ramped up in such a way, all that energy of the year having to feel like it has to go somewhere. I kind of hope that it can just feel more like less of a buildup and more of like already releasing naturally, gradually to then just be able to go swiftly into the demarcation of a new year. And while in the past new year's has been a really helpful thing for me in terms of like, ah, okay, that's done something new to begin with momentum, energy towards something new. I kind of have really appreciated everything I've gained this year. So I don't want it to start anew. I don't want to tie things up, wrap things up. I want it to feel like a continuation. That's what I want the holidays to be is something that can just feel like, okay, this is now the season. And that's, what's nice. It's like winter starts, but it continues. The new year doesn't have a, 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 a moment in the season of, of the actual movement of the globe, you know, like December 31st means nothing to the planet spinning around the sun, <laughs> zero solar connection. It, you know, so, and the seasons are the same, you know? So I think it's like my celebrations that are more like obvious to me are like the solstices. And yeah, we have one toward the end of the year, the shortest day of the year, but that just is the continuation. It's like, okay, it goes to being the shortest day when we're, you know, closest to the sun. And then, and then we, 
and continue on. So, and I'm hoping that we'll feel like that. Yeah, I like that. All right, my question to you, Isa, is if you could change one thing about the holidays, what would it be? Consumerism. Can you say more? That's the first thing that comes to mind, but I guess it's not all holidays. But I think the con- commercialization of holidays and the the fact that it's, it's like things get lost in all of that. I think of it similar. I've seen it in weddings where the matrimony, the connection, the vow, the thing that's happening, those two people coming together and making that commitment to one another gets lost in the eventness and the hoopla of it all spectacle yeah and you know recently like learning about our constitution and what you know what our country was started in it seems like a lot of it is is like a similar vein of like oh there's something really special happening here but then it gets lost in all this hoopla of modern day politics Mm. you know and i think holidays of the gathering of people together the gathering of loved ones the the essence of having enough food to eat and being together and creating ritual and something that's meaningful that you can come back to every year that is habitual for the children and the next generations and having that thing that you create as a family whatever that is whatever you're celebrating I feel like sometimes it gets lost in the commercialization of consumerism. Can I ask my next question? Cause it's kind of a perfect dovetail. Mm-hmm. What are some traditions that you'd like to create within yourself or externally around the holidays? That's a good question. What are, can you say it again? What are some traditions that you'd like to create within yourself or externally in the holidays? Within myself? The tradition of making a, a really conscious effort to at least at one point or more. I think I can work to get to a place of more than one, but starting with one really conscious effort to be really present and really take in all the people that are around me, the, the environment that I'm in, and kind of like snapshot it for my mind and my heart. I think that would be a tradition for myself in in holiday situations that I'd like to internally do. And then externally, I think something fun or silly. I'll have to think on that, but I think it would be fun to to start something fun or silly that really kind of stands out in all our minds that that I don't know, revolves around like laughter or something kind of outrageous or like a polar bear plunge or something, you know, of that nature that kind of gets us all out of our, maybe out of the house or out of the norm, something random or different. I'll have to give more thought to the external version, but I think that would be, that'd be fun. Awesome. Those are all my questions. I took the last two to you, so you might have one more or two. I don't know. Okay. So going into the holidays, knowing that our listeners are listening to this going into the holidays and hopefully we gave them some valuable insights. Do you have any direct advice for anyone who's going into the holiday and 
wants some like actionable concrete things to do to make sure they maintain themselves and their own like self awareness. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not so big on advice because like, I don't know. Okay. Then let's go the other way around with it. So do you have any ideas for yourself of what could work for you going into the holidays to make sure you maintain your self-awareness and your mental health and your intentions that you set for yourself of letting it be just like a continuation and ease and the notions that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And I I think I can offer both. I'll I'll share for myself and then I, I think I can offer not advice, but maybe just like learnings I've come across. So yeah, one and the same. Um, I think for me right now, what comes is like being able to look at my schedule actually, because I think I get caught a little bit in no man's land of just putting my head down and grinding away the thing in front of me. And I don't look up until shit, it's Thanksgiving or, oh, it's Hanukkah or, oh man, it's Christmas. Like the new year's here. So I think being able to, this is a great conversation with myself because I can look and go like, okay, let me put a calendar and make it fun and use my whiteboard calendar and, you know, kind of plot out, okay, if I, if I plan, if I want to do this, if I want to feel this way, or if I want to bring something nice to this dinner, like how far out in advance for me on my schedule, do I need to start? When do I need to go shopping? When do I need to go to the grocery store? Like, when do I need to look at that recipe or whatever so that I don't back myself into that corner and feel the pressure of like, shit, it's tomorrow. And I don't, you know, like didn't, didn't look at that. I'd like to be a person who is more intentional with my time because my, as my friend Coral pointed out, I'm really confident with time and I'm terrible with it. It's a very weird thing that I didn't even recognize. Like I'm so confident with time. I think I can do everything in an hour. <laughs> Like, whether it's like bake a turkey or like, <laughs> like finish an Excel sheet, like, oh, this will take an hour <laughs> and then like, or drive somewhere. Like, I know that takes an hour and a half and I'll be like, that's an hour. Why? <laughs> that's so weird. And, and I'm so confident. And then the, and the very confidence leads me to be bad with time. I'm late. Like I run late. That is not someone who's good with time. You know what I mean? Like how the fuck can I be so confident with something? And what's weird about that is then the other side of it is that I'm like not confident in other things that I'm actually really good at and really <laughs> on it. Like why, why is this time thing the thing I'm confident in? I should not be confident with time. Wait, didn't we do a coaching session around that for yeah, you? Yeah, and it was so useful. Did you, we record it? I wonder if you could go back to that. I should because I remember I got better after that coaching because it was like, well, what's my time? Like what's my relationship to time? And it was all tied up in some weird shit. So that, yeah, I recall that vaguely. Yeah. We went into what your, the, your relationship with time. My yeah. relationship with time and it really, it helped for a little bit like we were you and I were talking earlier about how some tools can really work sometimes oh yeah we were talking about walking downstairs I did this Sunday live um, exercise where I had people in order to get out of their heads you walk downstairs or climb down a ladder into your body that was 
a tool I used and went to often and then it kind of faded. I forgot about it until you, until you were talking about it earlier. And I was me like, too. Oh, yeah, that tool was really dope for me too. It was really helpful. I got to remember that one, put it in my back pocket and use it. Yeah. And the relationship to time was like pressurized and from all these different like beliefs I had. And so I should look back at that recording. But anyway, so going into the holidays, I think it would be nice if I was um, aware of my relationship to time and what I need to enjoy the gatherings that I'm going to go to. And then looking at a little bit of um, planning again, not to plan to like have some big new year or like breakthrough, like once January 1st starts, I'm a new person, but more kind of maybe some long-term planning of like, well, what does March look like? What would February look like? What is, you know, what write some things down. We talked about that earlier too, of like the power of when you actually physically write something on a piece of paper, the likelihood of being able to do that thing or it goes up a, a significantly significant percentage. Like, I don't know the percentage, but I remember reading it and being like jaw drop. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> is that for real? And it's like in a peer reviewed journal articles. I'm like, no, that is for real. <laughs> yeah. 100. So I'm, I'm looking forward to now that this conversation's happened to be able to kind of maybe look at like, okay, are there some things? And again, like plotting out, cause that's clarity coaching that I rarely do for myself and love to do for others but just taking the time to break something down backwards to forwards going like, okay, if that thing is in March and I want to have that done, what's, what gets done right before that? And then what's right before that? And then if I need to do that, what would happen right before that? And then backing it up and being like, oh yeah, I need to just start three months ago. But instead of that being like, no, I'm going to start now and it's actually not going to get done in March. It's going to get done in May. Mm -hmm. And I can feel the relaxation in my system be better because I go, oh, okay, that's, that's more of my realistic timeline. Yeah. And being able to chunk down those big oh yeah, ideas, the goals you have for yourself, the just being able to like implement them slowly and consistently is so much more useful than, and sustainable. Chip away and feel good Chip about away. those little chips. And, and that, that's, I think the same for pretty short amount of time because it is only like six weeks, you know, or like less to the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's just for our culture of what we celebrate, right? Like there's many other holidays in between and, and, and after, but the, the predominant ones like that, that feels nice to me to be able to kind of look at these six weeks or whatever it is and just kind of be like, okay, well, well, what do I want? And, and for me, I already kind of recognized it, but didn't realize it till this conversation was that I don't really want to go anywhere and I don't really want to do much in terms of travel or, um, you know, gathering too much. I, I, I feel already called to more of an incubation time and giving myself permission to do that. And I think part of it is cause I just got done traveling. So that's a, yeah, I already got that done for myself this year. Well, thank you for sharing. Can I ask you that? Mm-hmm. Cause I would love to hear your perspective. Do you have any advice for anyone going into the holidays? Yes. Okay. So here's a really helpful. (laughs) Let's, I really want to share this because it's been so helpful to me. And I know that holidays, you know, there can be differing opinions and different politics and different um, ways of being and different um, just discipline techniques with, you know, your sister's kids and all, all kinds of stuff. You know, it can be very polarized and just 
conflicts can arise. Mm-hmm. That is that is a reality in a lot of families and a lot of homes. And this has helped me in so many situations, just using the phrase, you might be right. Mm. When you really disagree with somebody and you think like they're wrong <laughs> and you want to fight for your opinion and you want you want to change their mind or whatever it is you're in, it's very it's de- it depressurizes situations de-escalates de-escalates situations when you just say you might be right because they feel like they're heard and you don't have to let go the fact that you you also might be right and they could be wrong <laughs> <laughs> that's great <laughs> so your own mind you, you're not giving over or saying like you're right but you are saying like and acknowledging you might be right I think that's a good phrase and and I think it can serve people in gatherings and in 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 the holiday season. And then the other one that's been really helpful for me in in just in relationships and in in general and when I can remember to use the framework is super super I, it helps me to stay quiet. <laughs> and that is the acronym think. So before you say anything, remember to think. Is it thoughtful? Is it honest? Is it intelligent? Is it necessary? And is it kind? And if it's not all of those things, don't say it. Those are a lot of things to ponder. Can you say those again? <laughs> you got to stop and think. Is it thoughtful? Is it honest? Is it intelligent? Is it necessary? And is it kind? Damn. And it gives you time to be in yourself. So you're not just talking over people you're being intentional with your words. And if you follow that guideline, your relationships and what comes out of you is ran, is ran through a really clear filter system. Hmm. And it can be challenging. Like I said, it makes me, it helps me to be a lot quieter of a person. Because <laughs> when I run what I think I want to say through that framework, a lot of times it's not necessary necessary Mm. you know a lot of times it's not intelligent (laughs) so I don't know or or any of the other ones thoughtful um but those two things you might be right and using that filter system of think I think is really both of those have been really helpful for me in my interactions with other people especially people that I love a lot and I I believe deserve the best version of me Mm. I can see that it would make you like pause and reflect rather than just say things. That's, that's useful. Yeah. It gives you space. It gives you space to act how you want to act instead of just reacting. Mm. So that's my advice. That's good advice. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Thank you. Thank you. Totally. Yeah. I don't, I'm glad that you're giving me advice at this moment. I don't feel like I have like, <laughs> yeah, well those, I mean, those things are not, um, I think they're just good tools. Yeah. You know, they're good tools. So I, I'm not advising a specific thing, but if, you know, if those seem like they would be useful for you, like pick them up and try them on, you know, I think that's, that's the advice is like, try it if it sounds like it could be helpful to you. And if not, yeah. And I think I will, I will say thinking of people listening, the ones I love, like listening, like that delicate reminder inside yourself that you deserve to take up space, that you do matter inside of 
any kind of dynamic, like you do count, like, and you do contribute and it can be in whatever way that, that you want that to be. So if it's not going to the holidays, maybe that's you contributing because you're contributing to yourself or it is showing up and needing to take breaks or, um, not doing so much for the group or doing or doing more like whatever it is that is you deciding for you, I think is, is a good thing for autonomy and a good thing for your own agency and the reminder that like, regardless again, so it's the holidays. Like, so what? Like it's still, it's still your life and it's still your time and it's still like you navigating your life and your time mm-hmm. and you matter. And I want, I want that for my people, my community and my almost clan. Yeah. <laughs> we got this guys. Yeah. And I, and people who don't have families to go to, or, you know, don't have their parents this year or don't have, you know, their kids that it's just knowing that even if you don't have the idea of a full holiday of what it once was or could have been or will be in the future like maybe you don't have the love around you that you you know want know that we love you yeah that you matter yeah that you still. matter like it doesn't have to look any way but this time uh again like the season coming into a summer a, a winter solstice is a time that like looks different than it than the rest of the year. So like how can it look different for you and how can you make that your own? Yeah. And feel feel empowered to like be yeah, okay. It gets to be whatever you want it to be. That's yeah. what's really important too. I think we're so hammered in this idea of what the holidays should quote unquote should look like and how everything should ha- go down and what a loving family Instagram does. Family. Yeah, the Instagram like world that we live in there's always that alternate reality that is shown to us now in a curated way that never existed before i think that's the antithesis or the antidote rather to commercialism and that kind of thing you were talking about earlier might be to like make it your own because i think about that for weddings i've been to an absorbent amount of weddings yeah, i've been to like 40 something weddings and i'm oh my God. like yeah that reality of watching that many times the same kind of thing (laughs) um is the ones that I feel like gave permission to make it their own to not just individualize the ritual like oh this is how we do this same thing but to be free enough to like no this is how we're gonna do this or I could just even speak for myself like my wedding was a no wedding it was just me and my husband and literally the person who married us and that was it. And it was on the fly. And I didn't know, I didn't know that's what I wanted until I was in it. Cause no one ever showed that picture. Cause that doesn't make money, you know, <laughs> like that. We didn't have a venue. We were on the beach. Like none of that makes money. But when I was in it, I was like, Oh, this is what I wanted. And I wouldn't have known that because it wasn't sold it. So being able to create whatever it is that you need outside of that consumer circle like can be valuable and inside it too. Mm -hmm. I watch families build beautiful things because they have the privilege to give that to their kids and put all the decorations up and, and it's wonderful. And I think there's just the, the spirit of why, you know, like, why are you doing that? Why is it important to you? 
that's really what matters. And if it's not important to you and it's causing you stress, like maybe it should, maybe it doesn't need to be as important, you know? Yeah. Like what's more important? Like you tell the dogs, leave it, <laughs> leave it, leave it. That's you, not us. <laughs> that's them, not us. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I think that that's all I got. Yeah, I think so too. Thank you for listening. Hope that you all have a good holiday season. Yeah. We're here. We're always here. Yeah. Hit us up. And we're truly thankful for this project and what it's bringing us and the people that it's bringing us closer to. Well said. Okay. I, I think we did it. Listen, I don't know what we did, but we did it. <laughs> Look, unattainable ideals are overrated. We're way more connected and deserving than society's false sense of separation dictates us to be. You're not just one person. You're enough. Your effort is enough and change is possible. Question the standard that says otherwise, because what if almost is good enough? Just by tuning in, you're a part of our clan. Not in a culty way, though. <laughs> we don't know how far this ripple can go, but we're going to keep showing up. And we'll never get to perfection, but we're all going to be okay if we let the process be the solution and we see the value in the attempt. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Ripple Affect. We're looking forward to exploring a different facet of change with you next Tuesday. Same time, same place, next week. For show notes and additional resources, check out our website at rippleeffectpod.com. That's affect with an A. Kiara has worked diligently to make our website interactive. Please visit it so it wasn't all for nothing. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, there's a ton of resources there. DM us directly at rippleeffectpod on Instagram and let us know what you liked about our show or any of your own ideas. We're really excited to hear from you. We value your feedback because it helps us make the pod better and it's our way of including you in our process. Okay, so ratings aren't the point of why we do this. We really want to make a change in the world. But in the matrix, there are algorithms. So yeah, every single review we get helps the ripple go farther. To help us out, please take two seconds, find the ratings and review section on whatever platform you're listening from, click five stars, wink, wink, and leave a review. We know you're busy. So just saying hello or literally hi as the review helps us hack the matrix. We sincerely appreciate it. If you want to become officially initiated into our clan, again, not in a culty way, hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. And as always, we're in it with you. Keep questioning. Stay curious. You got this, clan. A special thank you, love, and credit to the magnificent Mia Casasanta for this beautiful music you're listening to right now.